You're listening to Cannabis Health Radio. Here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Just before we get to our guest, if you like our interviews here at Cannabis Health Radio and want to help us out, go to our webpage and make a donation. Anything you can do to help us continue with our mission to help people around the world. And now to our guest. Our guest today needs no introduction, but we'll give him one anyway. He's an entertainer, comedian, director, writer, winner of a Grammy, a participant in Dancing with the Stars, and a former federal prison inmate. And he wasn't even in politics. (laughs) In the summer of 2012, he announced that he had a prostate cancer and said he was going to treat his cancer with cannabis oil. And here to talk about cannabis, health care, and anything else he wants to talk about, is Tommy Chong, who joins us from California. Tommy, good to talk to you. Thank you very much for doing this. Good to talk to you, too, sir. Tommy, with your prostate Amen. cancer and your rectal cancer, you once described yourself as an old car with a little rust in the exhaust pipe. What's the state of your health today? <laughs> uh, I had to... I went electric. <laughs> <laughs> Good I had the, the I had the uh, the exhaust area closed up and uh, rerouted, and uh, and now I I've, I've got one of those bags, you know, but I, I use it in my act now. I I I, I tell everybody that I named my colostomy bag the Donald. <laughs> after Donald Trump, <laughs> right then, because it's always because it's always full of crap and hot air. So, <laughs> so you know, I just came from the gym. I'm I'm deadlifting uh, a lot of weight, and I'm healthy as a as a seventy nine year old man can be. You know, Tommy, if you had not made the decision to use cannabis oil in your cancer and use cannabis, I guess, throughout your lifetime, would you be alive today? No, no, I'd be I'd be gone. I'd be uh, another statistic. No, uh, the cannabis, it it not only saved uh, me, you know, when I had cancer, but it also uh it also created my career, my whole career, my whole life's work, you know. I mean, uh, I was a high school dropout in Calgary, Alberta. And then, uh, and it was, uh, the cannabis. I got turned on the weed about 1957, quit school, moved out to Van- uh, Vancouver, got involved in music, ended up, uh, being signed with Motown. And then ended up meeting Cheech, and then ended up doing movies and uh, records, and, and a big career, all because of my uh, love affair with cannabis. Now, how did you first discover that you had prostate cancer? What were some of your symptoms you were experiencing? I was going to start doing steroids, uh, testosterone, 
shots. Mm-hmm. And before you can do that, because I'm a bodybuilder, and before you can do that, you have to make sure that you don't have any cancer in your body because uh, it's a growth hormone and it will uh, uh, activate the cancer cells. And so I had a, an examination when I found out I had prostate. But but it, but at my age, which was I guess around that time, I was about seventy, early seventies, you know, seventy two, mm-hmm. something like that. The um, the prognosis was that I just left it alone, and that I would probably it was slow acting cancer, and so I I started uh, I changed my diet and I started treating uh, you know with uh, with marijuana with the oil hash oil or what do they call it, CBD oil, everything. And uh, and it held, I held it in check for, I guess, five years. And then I went on a show called Dancing with the Stars. And I believe the stress from that show, <laughs> in other words, I, I literally danced my ass off. Did you, um, <laughs> Tommy, that's sorry, when I found out. Sorry, uh-huh. sorry to interrupt. Did you stop um, taking the uh, cannabis while you were doing the Dancing with the Stars? I did. Okay. I did. And I think that was the problem. Yeah. Because, you know, I needed I, I needed the energy, so I, I, I just uh, went on a sabbatical from cancer. And, and the, the other thing, when I went to prison, uh, I had to quit smoking, you know, because they drug tested you a lot. I literally quit smoking or doing any cannabis for uh three years well they rain on your parade don't they oh they they tried to they tried to bust me many times you know they set set it up because i was in on such a bogus charge that if i had violated uh you know the prison rules then they would have felt vindicated you know for you know that i was a hopeless pothead and so i never smoked pot for almost three years a year before I went in, uh, the nine months while I was in, and then a year after, I was on probation for a year. I, I was off cannabis, and I think that's when uh, when all the cancer uh, took hold. Yeah, I think that's really entirely possible. Um, yeah. For for sake of listeners who don't know the whole story, can you just uh, quickly explain these bogus charges? I got incar- I was incarcerated for selling. Uh, shipping uh, bongs across the state line, water pipes. God, uh, <laughs> naughty boy. Law, yeah, the only law that was broken. It was they weren't even. It wasn't my company. It was my son's company. But they threatened to put my son and my wife in jail if I didn't uh, if I didn't take the fall take the fall for him. And there's only one state in the union. Uh, that would uh, use that because they they tried to get California to press charges and uh, the California DA uh, wouldn't wouldn't press. No one would. The only place they would do it was uh, Pennsylvania, the home of the DEA, and that's where I had to go to court in Pittsburgh. Or uh, yeah, yeah, and so uh, so yeah, they ju- they just got me. And it was a setup. It was the George Bush uh, invading Iraq situation, and they wanted to uh, do a you know a preemptive strike on the hippies, which I was the only one. <laughs> In fact, when they sentenced me on nine eleven, they uh, they had a the hearing in a big courthouse. A room. They moved it from a little courtroom to a big courtroom, expecting a lot of protest. And one guy showed up with a sign that said "Free Marijuana." 
And I wasn't sure if he was giving away free marijuana or he was making <laughs> So they give me nine months, and, uh, yeah, I did it. I turned it into a religious retreat, so it worked in my favor. But, unfortunately, uh, the cancer took hold, and then when I got out, uh, you know, that's that's when I was going to go on the growth hormone, and that's when I ended up uh, uh, finding out that I had prostate. And and I announced it on uh, John Lemon on CNN. I've seen that clip. That a, yeah, as a yeah, matter of fact, yeah. I watched that clip this morning, and the interesting thing yeah. was, uh, Tommy, that you outed a doctor here in Victoria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us, tell listeners that story. Uh, I, I hope it, I helped him <laughs> out, <laughs> but uh, uh, what's Neil uh, Neil McKinney. McKinney, is he still practicing? He is. Yes, he is. And how's he doing? He's doing great, as far as I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was a holistic doctor. So. Yes, a holistic natu- so, so naturopathic he, oncologist. He, he, yeah, he had me on uh, all the supplements and everything else. And then he advised me to do the supplement, uh, the the uh, suppositories. But then when I got the uh, the rectal cancer, then I had to switch over to the, you know, the chemo and the, uh, and the radiation mm-hmm. because it was, it was very uh, aggressive. And so I, I now, and, and now I'm back on the cannabis uh, thing and, and, uh, and the diet. I still do the diet, but I, uh, I don't do the supplements anymore. I, I probably should, but, oh, I do a supplement. I do a habit art. Uh, this one one uh, pill for lowers the or changes the hormonal structure, and that's it. That's it. But I'm right now I'm cancer free and happy. Tell me, how did you react to the chemo and radiation? Again, I, I just did a shitload of pot. Every time I'd go mm. in there, I'd get high and put on my earphones, and uh, I enjoyed it. It's, it's a mental thing. See, my my theory is that what cannabis does, it calms the mind. It makes it brings out the creative uh, uh, side of your of yourself, and fighting anything that's the mind is the the, the central command, and so if if you're uh, devoid of fear and, and, and anxiety, that helps the uh, immune system kick in. Yeah, because like when when animals get sick, they crawl off in a corner somewhere and they just hibernate. And and they keep everything, you know, they get out of the hunting mode or the running mode, and they get into the hibernation mode. And uh, that's what cannabis does to you. It calms the mind. And by calming the mind, it allows the uh, the, the body to function properly. And that's where the uh, immune system kicks in. Kicks and, in. That's, and, mm-hmm. and that's what happens. Interesting, you know, because um, as, as we were talking about before we went uh, live here, um, I've seen a, a, a lot of cancer patients, and uh, interesting, the pe- patients who choose to do chemo and radiation, who use cannabis uh, in conjunction with the treatment, come through it far, far better than people who just use or just do chemo and radiation. Absolutely, absolutely, because it, it's, it's a pain, it relieves the pain. You know, and it relieves anxiety more than anything. And then the other thing, too, it gives you an appetite. You yes. see, the problem with the chemo and, and, and radiation is that you lose your appetite. Nothing tastes good. 
but when you're when you uh, smoke up uh everything tastes good <laughs> and so and so you uh <laughs> like i used to go sit in the waiting room and 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 marvel at the fact that they had a big bowl of uh of crackers and uh, not the healthiest food for chemo, chemo for yeah. cancer people but uh, that's what they had have because you, people get nauseated right. well i never got nauseated i never got nauseated when i was doing any of the treatments yeah. and of course it was chemo pills I wasn't on the heavy chemo mm-hmm. because of the of the type of cancer, but uh, like I said, it, I put on the earphones, listen to music, and uh, and just made it made it a, a religious experience, and because I knew I could visualize the the chemo and the radiation killing the cancer cells. So yeah, so you were doing a form of visualization, and certainly there's been yes. studies on that that indicate that that could be very very oh, yeah. positive. Totally, because your mind your mind controls the body, and the body uh, reacts to suggestion. You know, uh, because we are it's all liquid. By the way, you know, our body is ninety percent uh, liquid, and and so that's why water is very important. You know, and that's why you can't drink alcohol, you can't you know sodas or anything like that. You want to drink pure water. And that's what I did, pure water and then pure healthy foods. And I just cleansed my body so much so that, uh, you know, it was just, and I'd been working out all my life, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, I'd go in there and, and I'd see guys, you know, they're all hobbled up and, you know, bent over and, because they never exercise, yeah. you know. And then the more immobile they get, the sicker they get, you know, because exercise is all about circulation. You want to circulate the blood, keep the blood flowing. And, and, and I'd see these people hunched over and sitting there and not moving. And they wouldn't move from the time they got there to the time they left. And so the body, you know, it's like a, like I said, an old car. You know, if you, if you don't run the car and it sits there, it'll just rot away. And that's what the body does. Yeah, we interviewed a woman in Albuquerque, New Mexico, who had thyroid cancer, and uh, she got her thyroid removed, and she underwent chemo for two and a half years. And the the chemo, Tommy, the chemo gave her throat cancer. And so she took... I believe it. She took a six-month break and went back for two more years of chemo, decided decided enough is enough, went on cannabis oil... The tumor in her throat shrunk, disappeared, and on May 10th of this year, she was declared cancer-free. Yeah, after being expected to die. But here's the issue. She underwent a total of 198 rounds of chemo, and now she's she's battling the side effects of the chemo. Yeah. Which are lifelong. It kills everything. Yes. It just kills everything. Yeah, it was worse. That's why I was I was lucky. I, I I did the pills. I never did the thing. Yeah, I have a friend that just passed away recently. He was he had blood cancer, and he was they were killing him with so much chemo. It was he, he lost everything, and he and you know he died. He didn't die from cancer. He died from uh, uh, congestion of the lungs because he had no uh, immune system left to fight any infection. Yeah. So, so he died. Yeah, that's what happened. No, it's it's a, it's a death sentence, you know. And eventually they they will yeah they'll see. You know, I was injecting uh, the CBD oil right after my operation, and I did it 
for a while until the needle just got too hard to take, and I just started doing, in, you know, in, ingesting instead of uh, injecting. And so, uh, but now, you know, I just uh, smoke a little bit of weed and, and do a little bit of oil now and then, and I'm fine. I'm yeah, good keep go. that keep that oil coming. It's certainly my experience um, when people have cleared themselves that you want to keep a steady level of that coming into your system. Corey, as we're talking yeah, about prostate yeah. prostate cancer, tell Tommy the story about the woman. Oh, Tommy. <laughs> so uh, um, I speak to lots of people, as, as you already know. And I had a woman uh, call me whose husband had prostate cancer and uh, it had metastasized to the bones. So when we're talking about doing um, suppositories now, um, after talking with Dr. Malamede, he said, you know, you're only getting 70% absorption if you use capsules. So now what we yeah. do is we get people to just get one mil syringes, warm up the cannabis oil with a little bit of olive oil, um, oh, and stir it. And to just get, inject it. Yeah, and then and just insert and squeeze. So that's fine. I got this woman pointed in the right direction, et cetera, and she got what she needed. And a couple of days later, she called me, and she was very irate and upset. And um, said to me that, you know, her husband, after only two suppositories, was refusing to do it anymore. And she had told him, this is your life we're talking about, and you need to walk it off, and blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, why won't he do it anymore? And she said, well, he says it hurts too much. And I'm like, well, what, what size syringe are you using? She said, just the little one, like you told me. And I said, oh. And she said, well, you know, it's bad enough, like, that, you know, you got to do the syringe, but it's really hard to push it through that needle. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I went, what? What did you just say? So I think the guy was a really good sport because he actually did it twice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. God. Yes. Oh, well, she didn't. She didn't get the memo. Huh? <laughs> Evidently oh, not. Yeah. So uh, yeah, never assume oh. anything because you make an ass of you and me. So, and to be clear yeah. with her, you. So now when I talk to people, I say minus the needle. <laughs> yeah, minus the needle. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, nothing. If it if it hurts, then you're doing it wrong. Yeah. 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 Oh, the poor guy. But anyway, Tommy, there has been. An enormous swing in public opinion in North America regarding cannabis over the last couple of years. And uh, what do you think is responsible for that? Uh, I think when they saw that little girl on uh, CNN with Sandra Gupta, you know, the doctor? Yeah, Charlotte Figgy. When they showed her with epilepsy. And uh, she's barely a year old, and she had never hugged her mother. And then they treated her with uh, CBD oil, uh, you know, the cannabis oil. And then on camera, she hugged her mother for the first time. I think that that just it changed everything because now there's no argument. There's no uh, racial bias. There's not nothing. This is a, a medicine that not only works, but it, it's a miracle drug. It's a miracle uh, uh, medicine or herb. And uh, and then people like Montel Williams, who, uh, you know, would be in a wheelchair if it wasn't for his intake of cannabis every day because of his uh, MS and all countless people. And when, when they legalized it in Colorado, for instance, I was there uh, in, at one of the, uh, the uh, dispensaries. And the lineup to the dispensaries looked like a, a lineup to be healed by Jesus. 
you know, wow. because there were people in wheelchairs and crutches and and uh, people with missing limbs, uh, people uh, with uh, with mental problems, people with uh, substance problems. Every sickness you can imagine were lined up to get their their legal uh, cannabis, and so. Uh, when the world sees that, it doesn't take a, a genius to figure out that all the propaganda that they were spreading, you know, to demonize the weed for the for the police and for the law enforcement to have a, a cash cow, then they realize that uh, this is serious enough. It's still, you know, like, you know, right now we have an opioid uh, epidemic going around which also could be uh, cured with LSD and can and cannabis combined you know so we've got a ways to go but right now uh the world is witnessing and I'm talking about the world I was just in Berlin and they just got the medical passed and they're it's going through Europe like a wildfire because uh, you know Europeans don't like to be behind medically you know, no, I and, think they're and, they're kind of ahead over there. Well, in not with the, not with the weed in, in some places. You know, it's still draconian laws. You know, like thanks to the it's the American uh, uh, template that did it because America was paying countries all over the world to to uh, eliminate the cannabis crops, mm-hmm. like uh, countries like India. India used to have a legal uh, hash system where the king in Nepal would put a stamp on the hash, the, the best great hash. And then America came in and offered Nepal $50 million to make uh, everything illegal. And they did. And, and that's uh, most of the world was getting money from America, millions of dollars from America to keep keep uh, the cannabis illegal. And now that's down, down the drain, you know. And, and so uh, all the... European countries, you know, are like, Amsterdam was an anomaly. Uh, Amsterdam was legal all through all this stuff. And, of course, the Dutch are very, uh, uh, you know, ahead of the curve in everything, art, music, everything. And so why not in cannabis, too? But now I, I, I feel that uh, within within months we're, we're, we're going to see such a revolution, uh, a quiet revolution, because uh, cannabis has been used by indigenous people all over the world nonstop since the beginning of time. And so what's happening now, the world, by and large, has become an indigenous, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. thanks to, uh, to the political systems that are falling apart through, through you know, people that uh, have a clearer vision now, thanks to cannabis. Because you think about it. For years, you know, during the war years and right after the pre, uh, post-war, uh, alcohol was the drug of the of the world, and it was uh, to to keep the masses inebriated, uh, so that they could be controlled, either by law or by you know, like the military, for instance. They used to ration rum to all the the soldiers. Yes, uh, you know, and that was on a ration, whereas marijuana was illegal. You got drug tested, and and that's changing. And once that changes totally, then we're going to have, if not a peaceful world, we'll have a, a very uh, intelligent, uh, unaware world. Tommy, do you think the U.S. federal government will legalize marijuana in the 
next 10 years? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, what, what they have to do, they have to jump on board. Uh, we have an apprentice president in there right now, but he's going to be, uh, he's going to, they're going to put him out to pasture uh, within the next uh, couple of years. They'll probably wait for the midterms, you know, but, uh, oh yeah, once, once, uh, that, you know, and, and we can, we can attribute a lot of, uh, you know, people waking up to the fact that people are, you, you know, who's hurting right now is the, the donor, you know, the, because there's, there's so few, uh, uh, drunken driving accidents now, mm-hmm. thanks to cannabis that, that they don't have the the donors that they used to have, you know, for the organ donors. Organ donors, because right? They, yeah, because of the uh, the the accident rate, the alcohol rate has gone down. Like in Canada itself, there, I was talking to uh, uh, a girl whose father owned a lot of bars. Well, they're closing bars left and right because uh, of the uh, the new alcohol uh, limits. You know, where the police can uh, judge themselves they don't have to do a breathalyzer or anything they just make it you know judge it themselves mm-hmm. and so more and more people are are getting off alcohol and getting on to cannabis i would say within the next couple of years as soon as we get trump out and uh, the next president in then then uh, cannabis will be totally legal everywhere tommy when you travel do you take cannabis with you uh, sometimes, yeah, most of the time. I got stopped in Detroit. Uh, we did a, an event there, and we're coming back, and, and people gave me all this uh, cannabis, and I had a jar of it, or my son had a jar in his bag. And because he's young, young, uh, the security guys, you know, at the border, at the airport, they pulled out the the pot, and then they called the cops, and the cops came down, and the chief of, the chief came down, and and my son told him that we uh, we just came from a medical uh, cannabis event, and that uh, you know I'm I'm a patient and and uh, he's a patient and and so the, the cop said okay well well where's your card and we said well you know we haven't got our card with us but we can email one uh, to you when we get home and the cop said fine and he gave us back our weed and sent us on our way. Wow. wow so that's nice. It's, it's happening. It's happening all over. Of course, I'm a celebrity, so it makes a difference. But Canada, for instance, still is uh, behind the curve there. They, they, they stop people like if, if you have a, a arrest record, you know, they're stopping people from coming in, mostly young or artists coming in from the States to Canada. I had a friend of mine that uh, I'm doing artwork, and, and he got stopped because of an old DUI uh, arrest record or something. So both governments, you know, they have to, to get up to speed on everything. But right now, it's for me, I carry it everywhere I go. Tommy, we have uh, a couple of questions here from listeners who want to know. Uh, one is from Anthony, who says, where do you think you would be today if you have never discovered cannabis? I'd probably be deceased, probably in Calgary, uh, 
I don't know. It's hard to say, but uh, my future was in Brighton, Calgary. You know, I was a truck driver for freight, Canadian Freightways. That was my job. And <laughs> uh, it wasn't a wasn't the best job I've ever had. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've had better jobs. <laughs> here's so, a, yeah, that's where I'd be. Yeah, here's another question. It's from uh, a doctor. Doctor Thornton says Tommy has been interviewed about his homegrown cannabis products. How does one buy the products online or in the L.A. area, specifically looking for oil extracts and edibles. Okay, we're we, we're in about oh half a dozen or more uh, uh, dispensaries here in L.A. We're, we're not selling online yet. That's not viable yet. Mm-hmm. That's happening very soon, and we're we're, we're we got a huge line of uh, chance choices called. And we've got oil, we've got chocolate bars, we've got edibles, we've got uh, flour, we, and the best. And what we do, we hook up with the best uh, growers, the organic growers. Because the down thing about pot now is that people are using uh, very dangerous uh, insecticides and that in their, in their uh, products. And, uh, but we don't. We, we uh, test everything that we, we put our name on for, uh, you know, the bad uh, insecticides and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it's not online yet, but we're, we're getting there. It will be soon. So, Tommy, did anyone ever find Dave? No, Dave is Dude. still... Actually, Dave is in Denman Island. Denman Island. The, the, the original Dave, his name is Dave Graham. He's in, on Denman Island. And he grows pot uh, for his own personal use. And uh, and he was my first acting partner until Cheech came. Dave would have been with me, but he had to stay on Demon Island. He had kids and family and everything. Oh, that's great. So Cheech and I, so Cheech d- and I left, but... There is a Dave Graham, and it's, he's on Denman Island. So for, for, for <laughs> listeners who don't know, Denman Island is actually off of Vancouver Island, which is the island that I live on, and Ian as well. Tommy, how did you and Cheech get together? How did you meet? Cheech was up in Canada, in uh, Vancouver. He was uh, a draft resistor. He was dodging the draft. And uh, he, was, he was a landed immigrant in Canada. And uh, he was delivering carpets at the time. Uh, and I had an improvisational club in uh, Vancouver in a strip club. Comedy. It was we did comedy uh, uh, improvisation, and uh, he joined up, and he was like a writer uh, actor for a while. And then uh, when the group broke up, we got fired by my brother because uh, we weren't bringing in the money the strip club was bringing in. So uh, Cheech and I decided to uh, stay together. The group broke up basically, and Cheech and I decided we were going to put a band together and instead we ended up doing comedy and so when we found out that two of us could do it we just went down to LA and uh, and the rest is history now was the strip club the smiling buddha nope the strip club was the shanghai junk 
It was around the corner from the Smiling Buddha. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? Oh, yeah. The Buddha, that's right. I've played there many times. Oh, did you? <laughs> many times. Yeah, it was a little different. Yeah, they're all owned by uh, Indian guys, <laughs> uh, guys from India. Yeah. Uh, there was a New Delhi. I used to play the New Delhi yeah. on Main Street. It's a um, Chinese restaurant now. But it was uh, Kiefer and Maine, wasn't it? Kiefer and yeah. Gore, Maine and Gore. Yeah, that's somewhere right. Somewhere around there. Do you remember uh, in the West End, the club, uh, the Rentinel Circus? Oh, they were on top of the club I had. The Elegant Parlor was below it. Oh, is that right? Oh. Rest- yeah, that was my club. It was given to me. All, all the clubs were given to me. It was like a gift. Hey, hey, Tommy, you want a club? Here you go. <laughs> yeah, because I had a band, and, and the building owner, you know, he needed someone to fill in the, the club. And so I, I I put an after-hours club in there, and we did really good. And we had the retinal circus for a while. Uh-oh, okay. But we couldn't really, we couldn't make it work. Tommy, it was uh, it was been a pleasure talking to you, and it was very kind of you to do this interview. I realize that you get uh, a lot of requests for interviews, and uh, your folks and you have been very generous with your time, and we very much appreciate it because our purpose in you telling your story about the use of cannabis is to get the message across to as many people around the world about the medical benefits of cannabis and how it can improve people's health and uh you are very kind to do this we thank you very much my pleasure you guys and we'll we'll do this again sometime okay thank you so much tommy thanks tommy thank you dear take bye. care bye-bye Bye. if you like the interviews that we have on cannabis health radio you can help us you can help us continue our mission which is to inform as many people around the world about the medical benefits of cannabis here's all you have to do Simply go to our webpage and make a donation. Any amount is fine with us. No amount is too small. No amount is too large. Make a donation to Cannabis Health Radio. And also, if you like our podcasts, then go to iTunes and like us on iTunes and give us a five-star rating. We greatly appreciate it. There you have it, another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, host of Casually Baked the Podcast. If you're curious to explore the highly responsible side of cannabis, farming, and legalization, I'm here to help lighten the stigma and build your can of confidence. Download episodes now of Casually Baked the Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And journey with me through the evolving cannabis culture and discover how and why people like you are adding cannabis to their wellness toolkit. It's time to get casually baked.